Good morning, friends. I'm sure by now you recognize the voice. It's Nigel here. And thank you for tuning in into our service this morning, hoping and trusting that you are all well under the circumstances. Uh, be assured of one thing, your minister is praying for you. As we begin our worship this morning, these words are for our thinking. You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High God. You will go ahead of the Lord to prepare his road for him, to tell his people that they will be saved by having their sins forgiven. This is taken from Luke chapter 1, verse 76 to 77. As you might recall, we are still in the season of Advent, and today is the second Sunday of Advent. Friends, Jesus is coming, and we are preparing to welcome him again into the world and into our lives. We light the Advent candles to celebrate the many gifts we receive and to name the gifts we offer to others. Last Sunday was the first Sunday in Advent. The first Sunday of Advent is the candle of hope. We light it again today and remember the gifts of hope. Today we also light the second Advent candle, the candle of love. Isaiah paints a peaceful picture of God the shepherd feeding the flock God lifts and carries the lambs and gently leads the mothership. Peter reminds us of God's promise of a new heaven and a new earth where justice reigns. And so today on the second advent, we are encouraged to be at peace with one another and to be filled with God's love. As we light these candles, we celebrate the gifts of love and hope we are given in our minds and hearts when we come to God in faith. We look forward to the promised day when nations will live together in peace and when, when we will learn not about war but about God and about one another. And let us pray together. Loving God, we thank you for that gift of Jesus, the light of the world. We thank you for the gifts of hope and love in our hearts this Christmas. We hear your call for us to be peacemakers in the world. Help us today and help each and every one of us to be grateful, to hear your word and to do your will by sharing your love with others. We ask these things in the name of the one born and lived among us who loves us like never before. Christ our Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We join our hearts and if you are in the comfort of your home, please sing as loud as you can and you are also allowed to dance. If the song allows you to dance, but we sing together CH4 291. When out of poverty is born a dream that will not die, the Lord is coming. Don't lose heart. 
be blessed and prepare the way. Disturbing God, we thank you for the witness of John the Baptist. Help us to be open to the changing power of your love and to be true witnesses to the power of Jesus in our lives. Loving and ever-present God, the God of Isaiah of old and the church of now, in this Advent season we heed your call to prepare for your coming. As the sun rises, Father, with the promise of new day, so you come again to your people, always new, always true, always real. As we come to church again and greet one another with love and with faith, so you also greet your returning people. You throw your arms open in welcome and lift our hands around us as you bless us. Yet we know, Lord, we have had to ask ourselves, are we really prepared and truly thankful for the glory of the new day? Are we prepared for our time in the presence of our God? Are we prepared for the acceptance of your blessings? We hope we are, Lord. We try to be ready and yet how ill-prepared we really are. 
Our faith tells us to prepare, but our busyness with other things often means we don't give the time we are supposed to give to you. Our hearts are ready to receive you, but our lives, they often don't show that in practice. Our calling is to make a highway in our deserts of our God, but often we prepare no more than a rutted trek or distinct trail. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for saying but not doing. Forgive us for believing but not acting. Forgive us for praying but not performing. You call us to get ready for your calling and for your coming. Forgive us when our preparations fall short of your expectations. And now in silence we ask for your forgiveness. And in the silence we give time to be more ready for your love. And friends, at this time I invite you to pray silently. Be assured, God, tell us that I will not forsake my people. Arise and go forward. Your sins are forgiven. So ever-present God, send your Holy Spirit upon us now. Strengthen us in our commitment and hold us to your purpose. Christ our Lord is coming and we want to be ready for him. For all this we pray through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who taught us when we pray together to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the Old Testament. One of the prophets, the prophet Isaiah. And I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm reading verse 1 through to 11. Isaiah chapter 40 from 1 through to 11. Comfort my people, says our God. Comfort them. Encourage the people of Jerusalem. Tell them they have suffered long enough and their sins are now forgiven. I have punished them in full for all their sins. A voice cries out, prepare in the wilderness a road for the Lord. Clear the way in the desert for our God. Fill every valley, fill every valley level, every mountain. The hills will become a plain and the rough country will be made smooth. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it. The Lord himself has promised this. A voice cries out, proclaim a message. What message shall I proclaim? I ask. Proclaim that all human beings are like grass. They last no longer than wild flowers. Grass withers and flowers fed when the Lord sends the wind blowing over them. 
People are no more enduring than grass. Yes, grass withers and flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. Jerusalem, go up on a high mountain and proclaim the good news. Call out with a loud voice. Zion, announce the good news. Speak out and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah that their God is coming. The sovereign Lord is coming to rule with power, bringing with him the power he has rescued. He will take care of his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs together and carry them in his arms. He will gently lead them. He will gently lead their mothers. This is the word of God to God's people. We continue to worship God as we sing together CH4476, CH4476. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trembling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored.
My sermon this morning is entitled, Prepare the Way. Prepare the Way. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. I'm sure you all agree with me that everyone needs comfort. We all need comfort, don't we? People always try to comfort us in times when we're in trouble. They come to us saying, don't worry. Everything is all right. They may even say something like, don't worry, everything will be all right. I must say such human comfort is no solid foundation because it does not rest on anything. But, but God's comfort rests on the solid foundation which we read about in Isaiah 40. I'm convinced that God alone gives us solid comfort. Perhaps let me ask you this question this morning. When things go wrong, or perhaps when you're extremely low emotionally, when things are dry and ugly, what really motivates you? For some people, music does something wonderful as it takes away the pain for a moment. Well, you might recall for those of you who tuned in or who were part of the service last week, we lit the first candle of hope. Maybe I should ask you this. What gives you hope for the future? What really gives you hope for the future? Is it your kids? Is it your parents? Is it your marriage? Is it your work or the food that you eat? Is it money? Is it your college degree or your education? Is it your next vacation? You know, all these things I mentioned are here one day and they are gone the next. And yet the prophet Isaiah tells us where comfort comes from. In other words, the true comfort. He says to us, just like he said to the people of his own day, and this is what he says, True comfort is a gift from a king, a king who rules the world with power, a king who shepherds his people with love. And that king we all know, it is Jesus. Let me say a few things for our benefit if we are to read the book of Isaiah. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah, they deal with Israel's sin and and God's subsequent judgment. They end in Judah's exile to Babylon in about 586 before Christ. But chapter 40 through to 66 of Isaiah, they deal with God's comfort, God's comfort of his people. And this section speaks first about the return from the exile from Babylon. But it also speaks about the first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it concludes with prophecies about his second coming. I hope this is enough to motivate you to want to find out more about the book of Isaiah and read it. Please take time to read it. One of the fascinating things that we find in the 16th century catechism or short catechism as we call it is that we find in it question and a possible answer of how is 
particular question is asked and answered. So one of the fascinating questions I came across is this. The question is, what is your only comfort in life and death? And the answer given is this, that I, with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood is fully satisfied for all, paid and certified for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil and so preserved me. What an answer. Beloved, God alone can bring comfort to miserable sinners like us. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts for this. The question, of course, is how do we get ready? Here is a reminder that we need to keep at the back of our minds when we think about the comfort we, we are promised in Isaiah 40. In other words, what is the basis for the comfort God gives us in Isaiah 40? In verse 1 we read, Comfort, comfort my people. The objects, of, the objects of God's comfort are his people. Though we are sinners, this good news, God calls us my people. This is a covenant language which we find throughout the Bible. We hear this again and again throughout the Bible when God says, I am your God and you are my people. And because we are God's covenant people, God will comfort us. So in verse 2 we read, Isaiah tells us, Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. In Hebrew it is translated, Speak to the heart of Jerusalem. In other words, speak to the heart. Don't just speak. It's like when a mother speaks to a crying child. Her words go straight into the child's heart so that the child stops crying and is strengthened or she is strengthened. In the same way, God ministers his love to our hearts through his prophets. As we receive comfort from the gospel, we are to comfort others by proclaiming the good news to them. True comfort comes only through proclamation of the good news that God saves sinners through Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing that I want you to be excited about and to notice is this. The word of God is eternal. And that is a basis for our comfort. Fellow human beings will go so far in trying to comfort us. But the word of God can go further. In Isaiah 40 verse 6 to 8 we read, a voice says, cry out, and, and I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. But the word of our God stands forever. In other words, we are told here, God's word endures forever. Thus, we can put our trust in it and receive solid comfort from it. 
Balaam somewhere else in Numbers, declared this. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? If we trust in human words, we will be disappointed time and again. But God's solid promise found in his eternal word will bear us up both in life and in death. As we said before, we must prepare the way of the Lord. And again, maybe you're still asking me, how do we do this? By humbling ourselves. The man who says or who cries out, have mercy on me a sinner, will be comforted. The third reason why we can anticipate this comfort is this. In Isaiah 40 verse 9 to 10, we find these words. Jerusalem, go up on a high mountain and proclaim the good news. Call out with a loud voice. Zion, announce the good news. Speak out and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah that their God is coming. The sovereign Lord is coming to rule with power, bringing with him the people he has rescued. Do you hear that? The sovereign Lord is coming to rule with power, bringing with him the, the people he has rescued. The message here is this, Christians in 2020, behold, your God is here. We receive solid comfort when we focus on God rather than on ourselves. The truth is, we feel most miserable when we look at ourselves. Have you ever looked at yourself and think, who am I? I'm, I'm just a mortal man. Looking within can only frighten us because, as the Bible says, in every way the thoughts of men's heart is only evil all the time. Additionally, if we put our trust in other human beings, we will only become depressed. One, may, one man or woman may say, I love you, but the next moment he or she dies and his or her promise of love means nothing. Another person may say, they love you, but only to take advantage of you. We cannot therefore look to ourselves or to others for comfort. What then? What then should we do? We must look to God. Only God can give us solid comfort. In fact, here Isaiah is saying that God is coming with, with a specific purpose of comforting us. The last point I want to dwell on this morning is this. The basis of God's comfort to us is based on nothing except this. God is our good shepherd. We read these beautiful words in verse 11 written by Isaiah. He will take care of his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs together and carry them in his arms. He will gently lead them mothers. Isn't that beautiful? God is our good shepherd, one who is greater than David in his shepherding care of his people. 
you might remember Jesus saying these words, I lay down my life for my sheep. This is the nature of a good shepherd we have who loves without limit. Friends, this Advent may we remember this. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He carries, he carries you close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young ones. This speaks of great intimacy of divine love from God. God's shepherding care is full of comfort and all his flock can rest in his arms. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall lack nothing. Surely that should comfort miserable people like us in 2020. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God has given his people comfort through Jesus Christ and nobody else. Friends, that will keep us going now and forevermore. Amen. Oh, Holy God, through your prophets, you have promised us. You have promised us justice and mercy will reign in our hearts and your knowledge and understanding will prevail over everything. It will prevail over the poor and the weak would be recipients of your compassions. You sent Christ to give us the vision of this kind of kingdom. Then gave us the Holy Spirit within us that we might work to make a way for it and in our world to be different. Lord, as we give our gifts this morning, may you dedicate them and to us and to help bring about a world where your love, where your mercy, where your grace reign supremely. God of all things, God of, of the church, God of the nation, God of the world, God of every individual, we believe that if you are the God of all, then you will listen to all. In that blessed assurance, we come to you with our prayers. We offer you our all in words and in silence, holding nothing back in, in the belief that you will hear our prayers and answer beyond our expectations. Lord, in your wisdom, in your love for all, hear the prayers of your humble people. Hear our prayers for your church. Father God, heal our divisions in love and peace. Grant us strength to witness as we could and as we should. Give us the grace to offer your love where it is all 
it is all needed and it is most needed. Give us the assurance that when we hold high the lamp of truth, the light of compassion, the beacon of hope, and we bring your light to all the world. Hear our prayers for our nation, our nations from every part of the world. Lord, have mercy. And Christ, please bring healing. Bring healing, Lord. Rise, raise up those who will be role models for our young children. For justice and for mercy. Hear our prayers for the world in which we are set with all its tensions and striving and all its brokenness and deep concerns, especially as we get concerned about the pandemic that is ravaging our world right now. Where there is war, Lord, we pray that you bring peace. Where there is inequality, may your justice prevail. Where there is poverty, may your call to share be heeded. Where there is pain, may your healing bring a soothing balm. Where there is hopelessness, may your truth sustain us. Hear our prayers for those who are in need, Lord. Those who, whom we carry in our hearts, not only in this place, but in every waking moment on each and every day. And in our silence, we offer you the names and faces, the places and circumstances of those we love. And friends in silence, please offer your, your, your prayers as you mention the names of those loved ones. God of all things, loving Father, we rejoice in the communion of saints, those known and unknown to us, who together with us now in the, in the one kingdom of your love bring you all that is needed of praise and prayer. We give thanks for them and as one day we pray, others will give thanks for us. For all this we pray through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And now we close our service singing together from CH4334. On Jordan's bank, the Baptist's cry announces the Lord is near. Awake and he can, for he brings glad tidings of the King of Kings.
as we go into this week, we prepare the way of the Lord, making straight the paths that lead to God in our hearts and souls, through our words and actions, by our choices and decisions. May we go as God's beloved, filled with the Holy Spirit, the blessing of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.